Good Merry Christmas to everybody this morning. This morning, if you didn't figure it out, I'm going to be talking about the perfect Christmas. And you know, how many of you remember? I remember my, my probably my biggest Christmas when I was seven years old. I lived on 1221 Cactus Drive, and uh, I wanted a bicycle that had a banana seat and a slick back tire. And my mom and dad, sure enough, that morning when I woke up, it was cool. It was blue. It had like silver little uh, little uh, little things on the seat. It was it had a banana seat. You remember those? And I loved that bike till my brother Todd got his first bike. His was cooler than mine. But I remember just I remember just thinking this is the perfect this is the perfect gift. And I mean, you know, as you get older, you think you need this, you think you need that, and that's going to be the perfect gift. And then when you're single, I'm just waiting for that perfect person to come in my life. How many of you know they're not perfect? Don't raise your hand. But, you know, we're always looking for that perfect Christmas. And, you know, I know that sometimes when I, you know, I mean, this morning, I just, I'll be honest, I'm blessed. I'm a blessed man. I had I had several of the guys in the church get together and buy me a brand new rifle with a scope on it. So I'm blessed. I'm locked and loaded, baby. Okay. You know, when we think about Christmas story, yeah, is this what you think? You know, it's like sometimes you, if we can show that picture on the screen right there, is that what you think? It's got this, this, this incredible picture. You show the picture, it's like a cartoon, but... Everybody's just too perfect. How many are you talking about? They, they have perfect skin. Y'all see it? Their skin looks perfect. They have perfect smiles. And they have perfect hair. Even the animals look perfect. And, 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 and the cool thing, look, Jesus is a blonde. And we know that everybody in the Middle East have blonde hair. But see, this morning, you know, I, every woman who has ever had a baby knows if you're going to have a baby in a stable and you, and you don't have an epidural, you, would, you wouldn't look like that. In fact, you wouldn't be happy. You, would be, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be singing, it's a si- silent night. I mean, it was a night. But how many of you would agree that life just isn't perfect? Come on, anybody in here? I mean, you know, we, life's not perfect. You can look for the perfect husband. Oh, I got the perfect kids. I got the, and nothing is perfect. Now, we are blessed. But I believe this. And in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, I wonder what makes Christmas perfect for you and me? What is it that makes Christmas perfect? If you look at verse 10, it says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. You know, I always think about that when, you know, you know when it says not to be afraid. I mean, we're not talking about like an angel that looks like those little Cupid angels with the, the, the little diapers and the little, you know what I mean, the little cute baby faces and they got the little bow and everything. Listen, if you see a real angel, you're the one that needs diapers or depends. It depends on, I mean, come on. You, know, you see a real angel, I mean, something's letting go. But here's this angel, he comes and says, do not be afraid, I bring you good news. Say it with me, say good news. Say, come on, young, say it better. And this is Christmas. Say good news. That will cause great joy for all the people. It doesn't matter where you were born, who you, what, what your circumstances were, where you came from, how you came into this earth. If you came into this earth because your mom and dad went to a drive-in and you're just a product of that, you're not a mistake. 
Because if that was true, then I would be a mistake. My mom got pregnant when she was 16. She wasn't married. But, you know, I'm not a mistake. And God loves you and God loves me. And I just believe this is that good news is where you get the word gospel. And the gospel means a good story. And here the Christmas, Christmas, the story of Jesus is a great story. You know, this story is so good that you will have joy, the Bible says, and all the people are going to have it. So the message of the gospel is 100% good news. Sam, we say good news. Thanks for preaching with me. If you think it's bad news, then someone has not made it very clear to you what the Christmas story is really all about. You know, Luke chapter 1, verse 28 and 30 says, Gabriel appeared to her, that's Mary, and said, Greetings, favored woman. In other words, that, it says, that really means highly blessed or much graced. How many of you know that you might need a lot of grace if an angel shows up to you and says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and you're going to conceive a baby. And think about it. You know all the in and outs. And then she's got to go tell her, her, her future husband, you know, I'm pregnant. And you're like, yeah, right. And you see, well, how did that? Well, I'm a virgin. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. You imagine that story. And we know that she, and it says this. It says, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Say it with me. The Lord is with you. Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always. That's good for all of us sharp people, right? God is with us. And he says this, he's with her. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think about what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. She was blessed among women, but not above women. In other words, there's no scripture example to suggest that that Mary... That would be worshipped or prayed to. There's not one single word that says that. She was indeed uh, the most blessed among women, but she was only a woman. Are you hearing me? You see, the angel, the angel appeared to Mary. When she, imagine, she was 14, 16 years old. Can you imagine? I mean, you're, she's just a teenager. And she's, she has this angel, and the angel told Mary she found favor. How many like having favor with people? How many you ever, let me ask you, how many of you were your favorite, like if you had grandparents, you knew that you were their favorite? Or you had an uncle, aunt, listen, I had a grandmother, all her grandkids thought that they were the favorite, but I was the favorite. And that's just the way you felt around her. She just felt like you were, you just, and I remember she, you know, especially my brother and I, I mean, we, we, we I, I mean, she raised me while my mom was still in high school, my dad was off to college, and. And, and I can remember, I mean, I thought that I was so favored. Do you remember when they used to have those big Buicks and Osmobiles and they had those little seats, the armrests? I thought that was my throne. Literally, I remember being in Lake Charles and they used to have, how many of you remember Perry's Five and Dime? Anybody remember? Okay, two people. Thank you. You're getting up there. But anyway, but I remember it was like a TG, TG and Y. Remember those? Okay, never mind. Okay. But I remember being that in Lake Charles where the Kroger is off of McNeese. And they used to have a little five and dime there. 
And she goes, what do you want to do today? I said, let's go Perry's. That was my favorite store because I knew they had, they had turtles that you could buy before they realized that people get diseases or, you know, before polit- we became political. Right? You could buy live turtles there. They had dogs. They had, they had uh, G.I. Joes. They had Hot Wheels. I mean, they had stuff. You know, like when you walk in there, it's like me going into Cabela's. You ain't getting me out. Okay, and I remember just I thought that was the perfect place, the perfect, the perfect. She, I just, I was, I was favor. But here she is. She must have wondered how she could find favor when she was only 14, 16 years old. Maybe you're like Mary, and you wonder how you could ever be good enough to gain God's favor. You ever wonder that? You see, you know. But like Mary, look at me. God loves you. God favors you. God even likes you, not because of anything that you've done. And I would just say this, throughout Jesus' ministry, he, sh- he would show favor to people who did not even deserve favor. That's what he would do. He found, he, he found you, and he just bestowed favor. I, I mean, you think of blind Bartimaeus sitting there, and he goes, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says that he left, he went for the one voice for blind Bartimaeus, blind Bart. I like to call him B.B. With the BB, and all of a sudden, he said, what do you want? He said, I want to see. And the Bible says that he touched him and he saw. I think of little Nicodemus, uh, not Nicodemus, yeah, Nick, what? Zacchaeus, thank you. Someone's preaching with me this morning. Little Zacchaeus climbing up that tree just to be able to see Jesus. And Jesus looks at him, and he was a tax collector. And everybody, he was, an, he was kind of an outcast. And he said, man, today I'm going to go eat dinner with you. I think about those lepers that came to him. It was just, it was a disease. It was, it, it was, eat your skin, your fingers, and your nose. You become deformed. And how Jesus touched them. One came back and thanked him. The others left. He said, where's the others? But he didn't say, I'm, I'm going to reject their healing. He said, but see, the, the best part of all, the first group of people who found out about the birth of Jesus were shepherds. What's so great about that? Shepherds were outcasts from the religious system. The shepherds were the outsiders. They were considered, in the religious system, they, they were like this. They, you, in the religious system, you couldn't touch a dead thing. And shepherds were around dead things all the time, so they weren't allowed to be around religious people. In the perfect, it's, it's the perfect story. The angels appears to the outsiders, the shepherds, and invites them into the story. The greatest story ever. In other words, it would be like Jesus coming to Cajun country, showing up at Boudreaux, Thibodeau, and Como's house and saying, Hey, now what's that? Did you hear what he said? These were simple people. These were just regular, everyday people. These weren't the high religious people. And Jesus didn't come to make religious people good. He came to make people that are spiritually dead alive. That's what he came for. You see, it's a perfect story. These men had never been invited to a religious gathering, but they were the first to know. They were, they were there. Right there. They saw it unfold. And what that gives me hope is that God comes and he came to show himself, 
just to everyday people, all kinds of people. Doesn't matter where you were born. Doesn't matter what side of the tracks you're from. It doesn't matter what side of the bayou you're from. It doesn't matter how you were conceived. It does not matter. The story, the good news is that Jesus came. And he came in the form of the most innocent thing that you can come as a baby. And they, the Bible says they, they wrapped him in swaddling clothes. What that really represented, the swaddling clothes, I, I began to research that. And, and, it's, and it was the same clothes that they would prepare people when they would die. They would wrap them like a mummy. But we know this, death couldn't hold Jesus down. That's Easter. It couldn't hold him down. And see, in this story, I think about it, maybe, how many of you ever, let me ask you, how many of you ever felt like an outsider sometime? Come on. Even at church, you go, wow. I remember we had a guy going to a summer camp one year. His name was Trevor. And we went to his mom. He said, hey, we're going to go to the summer camps and stuff. And, and the lady, his mom goes, well, Trevor ain't going. She goes, well, why, why ain't Trevor going? Trevor ain't got enough drawers to go for a week to summer camp. I said, we'll buy his drawers. We'll buy him underwear. I've talked to people at times, even here at this church, and they think they got to dress a certain way. Well, man, I, I ain't got church clothes. Look, we've had people have blue hair, red hair, no hair, follically challenged. Come on. And, and you know what? We had people in shorts. We've had them in cutoffs. We've had, listen to me, I don't care how you come. You know, because that's the way Jesus was. He went, he would just, he could meet people and go, people would go, you know what? There's something about when he looked in my eyes, I felt loved. And sometimes we feel like we're outsiders. How many of you ever felt like a couillon? If you don't know what a couillon means, kind of not, not all there. You know, it's like, and sometimes we got to, how many of you know that sometimes figuring out obedience from God, sometimes we got to go through some stuff in order to find out that was true anyway? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. How many of you have ever been stubborn like a mule? You know, Boudreaux, Thibodeau, and Como, Boudreaux was having trouble with his horse. He was telling Thibodeau, he said, Thibodeau, he said, my horse, he said, man, that's the meanest horse. I get on my horse, he bite my leg. Not only he bite my leg, he, I mean, he bucked me off. And then I get him by, he tried to, I tried to run under them limbs and knock me out. You see that knot right there? That was last week. And my Thibodeau looked at him, he said, man, Boudreaux, he said, man, you let me bring your horse to Como, I fix it. He goes, what you mean you fix it? Oh, man, you just let me do it. Let me, give me three days. Okay. Shoot. So he took that horse and brought it. And he said, man, man, they tried to, they finally gets it over to Como's. And Thibodeau comes back in three days. And that horse that would bite, buck, scratch, try to knock him off, he, he could come up, brings him right back. And he comes and he, he could touch it on the nose, touch it on the lips. That horse wouldn't do anything to him. And he said, man, Thibodeau, what, what Como did to my horse? He go, that's the same horse, but I can't believe it, a miracle. See, that, that is the most calm horse I've ever seen in my life. Man, he got curious. He said, man, I got to go. Man, man, Thibodeau fixed my horse for $10. So, man, I got to go find out what that's all about. So he gets over, he crosses the bayou. He, crows, he gets over the, to the levee, and he's looking on the levee. 
and he sees Thibodeau's, he sees Como's farm, and all of a sudden he sees all of these horses that are kind of going wild, and all of a sudden he sees this, these horses coming out, and all of a sudden he saw the mean, he saw what happened. He saw that Como would bring out the most cruel, mean mule you could ever expect to be. And he would tie it next to the wildest horse. And every time that horse would try to go one way, that mule would kick it. And he'd go the other way, that mule would bite it. Everywhere he would go, that mule just harassed that horse. And at the three end of three days, it just beat the hell out of that horse. And see, sometimes life is like that. Come on. It just depends on what mule you're tied up to. <laughs> and it might be your wife, it may be your husband. I don't know. It may be your children. I don't know. I'll leave it at that, but you can see what the Bible and King James calls a donkey. And that's what you become sometimes when you live stubborn. You see, God wants us to be hooked up to his favor. And so many times what keeps the favor of God is just, just us wanting to do our own thing. Hello, anybody know what I'm talking about? And sometimes we don't get the revelation of God's love and his care for us until we go through the tribulation of life. And sometimes when we walk out of the will of God, God will hook us up to the people that will literally, come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you got a neighbor that can drive? How many of you, you going to Christmas and you know you got that psycho relative that's going to show up this Christmas? How many you got some of those in your family? Anybody doesn't raise your hand, you may be it. I don't know, but anyway. But what happens is, are y'all with me? You feel like an outsider, but, the, and, but can I tell you something? You came to church today because it's Christmas, and that's just what you do for Christmas. You feel like you don't belong here. But can I tell you something? But you know this, Jesus would grow up and spend most of his time with people that were outsiders. We're outsiders. He came for those who were nothing like him. He loved sharing the good news to all people. Say it with me, say all people. Especially those who considered outsiders. The second thing, first, God, it's good news for all people. The second thing is God sent us the perfect gift. And that perfect gift is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior. Say, me, say it with me. Say a Savior. Has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. What makes this story perfect for you and me is God didn't send you. God didn't send you a second chance, another list of rules. He sent you and I exactly what we needed was a Savior. How many of you made mistakes and you needed a second chance or maybe another chance? How many of you have got just like, how many of you know that, that we're all sinners? How many of you know that? You know, you know, that's not a term people like to use anyway. But can I, let me just show you how, why you are. You know why you're a sinner? Because you don't even keep your own rules. How many of you got rules? And you know, and then God gives you children because cause what? Guess what? They remind you of the rules that you broke. You see, if you fall short in your own rules, chances are you fall short 
than God's rules. Jesus came back and he summed all these Ten Commandments. And even the religious people had another 563 commandments that you had to live by. Can you imagine that? And Jesus summed it up in two. He said this. Hey, it's all wrapped up in this. Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Then it says this. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Let me still vote. How many of you love yourself? How many of you ever hugged yourself? How many of you ever speak to yourself in the mirror? Looking good today. <laughs> then the devil speaks to you. Yeah, but you know, have you looked below the waist? I mean, the. Come on, I know I'm getting cruel now. Here we go. You know what? The bottom line is, is that the Bible says, even it says, that we love ourselves. The Bible says, how can you say you love God and you can't stand your neighbor or you can't stand your relative and say that you love God who you have not seen? You see, I, I just believe this. You know, God sent us the perfect gift, which makes this the perfect story. And he sent you and me a savior. Jesus Christ. It's better than perfect. It's true. And it actually happened. Amen? It's a story that encompasses your story. You are part of of that all. Listen, 34 years ago, I gave my life to Jesus. I was a mess. I was a mess. You know, some people, well, you know, you were doing, look, it doesn't, look, you don't have to do drugs. You don't have to drink. You don't have to go out and look at pornography. You don't have to go being a liar and stuff. Listen, you know what? It's like people go, well, you know, people made you do that. Listen, the Bible says this. This is crazy, but listen. How many of you know that you wouldn't go out doing sin if it wasn't kind of fun? The Bible says sin brings pleasure for a season. Then there's payday. I was talking to a guy a couple weeks ago. And he's just going, man, he goes, he goes, I'm struggling. I go, what you mean you're struggling? He goes, man, I'm just struggling, man, I'm fighting. New, new Christians, I'm struggling. I go, well, then you're in a fight. That's good if you're struggling. He goes, yeah, and then I, and it's kind of brought it down to earth. I said, he goes, you know, I'm reading my Bible and just stop. I said, well, look, let me ask you a question. I go, have you ever read? I said, you know, what? I'll be honest with you. You know what? I've read the Bible, and when I've been reading my Bible, I've had some of the most vile, wicked thoughts come into my mind when I'm reading the Bible. And they look at me, you too? Yeah. Because I'm a preacher, that don't mean that, you know, I don't have the same. The Bible says, you know, temptation is common to all men. Temptation just brings out the scum that's in your heart. That's all it does. And here he is. He sent us a Savior to save us from ourselves. How many of you know we don't need to worry about the devil? It's kind of like the church I heard about here in town. The devil was out on the, on the steps. He was crying. Did y'all hear about that? Did y'all hear about it? And, and he was out there crying, and one of the, one of the deacons went out there and goes, well, what's wrong with you? He said, man. He said, everybody's blaming me for everything that's happened in their lives, and I didn't have nothing to do with any of it. 
Sometimes that's the way it is. Sometimes we blame the devil on everything, but it's really us. Come on. The Bible says, turn, it says, return evil with what? Come on, with what? With good. So that means if someone treats you bad or nasty or says something about you, you're supposed to respond in a different way. You ever try that? Huh? Come on. Haven't you ever tried that? It's amazing the miracle that happens. Yeah, I mean, I've been in stores and going, hey, man, what are you doing? And they start going, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm, please forgive me. You can go right in my room. And they don't know how to take kindness because the Bible says there's no law against kindness. There's no law against love. There's no law against joy. I've had times when I've been in, in a confrontation and God just gave me supernatural joy. And the person looked at me, why do you have that smile on your face? Well, it wants to change right now if you said that, but Jesus. How many of you have ever just felt like you've been in a place and you just felt dumb, but you know that God was with you? Come on. God loves, look at me, God loves people. How do I know that? About 14, 15, 16, 17 years ago, I was coming back from a job. I was going through Baton Rouge. And my truck broke down. My work truck. And I'm at this overpass, right by the Acadia exit in Baton Rouge. And the Lord speaks to me. And he goes, you see that guy down there? And I'm like, yeah, Lord. I mean, it wasn't like, Bubba, you see that guy down there? It was like, it was one of these kind of thoughts. I was like, Lord, just said, I want you to watch that guy. And then I'm like, okay. And I just pray, God, use me. You ever pray those prayers? God, use me any way you want to use me. And God says, I want you to go down there, and I want you to tell that guy that he's cheating. On, I know he's cheating on his wife, and if he repents, I'll change his heart and his life. And I want you to go tell him. Say, What? I remember I'm like, I'm fighting God. And I'm going, no, God, I mean, you're someone else. I don't want to be, and I'm, I'm going through the struggle. Then I go, oh my, all right, all right. So you ever do like a mission for God, like you want to make sure that you're sure? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you make all these fleeces, well, God, if you, if you, and it's like you don't just do straight up obedience. How many are you talking about? Your kids are like that. And I remember I'm just going in there. And so I go and I act like I'm on the phone. Like, that's when they had pay phones. And I go in, and, I, and I'm seeing if he's checking in. I'm like, and the guy's checking in. And there's a lady that kind of greets him and kind of right there. And I'm like, oh, God. And then he goes to his car. His, he had a Jeep, a white Jeep, like uh, a Cherokee. So if that was you and you're in service, God still talked to you anyway. And I go to the window. This guy's on the cell phone, <laughs> and I knock on his window. <laughs> I feel like I'm an idiot. And he goes, he rolls his window, he goes, you need something? I go, um, yes, sir. Um, God, the 
God in the Bible, he wanted me to let you know that you're breaking his heart and you're cheating on your wife. And if you turn from that, he'll forgive you. And I felt like, and that's all. <laughs> I swear, I swear I just that. and that's what he told me to say. And that's it. And man, as soon as I did that, the lady had greeted in the thing. He got on the phone. She came out looking like this. And he got in the car and he took off. I don't know what happened. I just know what God told me to do. Why? Can I ask something? Do you think people matter to God? Here's a question. Do people matter to God? They, they matter to God so much that he's looking for his children that not only believe in him, but want to hear him and obey him, that he would use us to go and let other people know that they can become his children because they feel like an outsider, because they're doing activities that don't look good, that aren't right, and we're not here to go tell them different things. We're go there to go show them and demonstrate the love and the power of God and what he can do, not only in your life, but he can do the same thing in their life. Amen? God sent his perfect gift. It's a story. He came, came, he came for you. He came for me. Today, I want to just declare to you this. And I declare it to you as the angels did on Christmas, on that Christmas story. Good news to all about the Savior. He's here. He loves you. He cares for you. He desires to give you freedom. He desires to set you free. He desires to let you understand his forgiveness and his power, his grace. And you would have his favor. I want the favor of God. How many of you want the favor of God on your life? How many of you want it? Come on, let's do a vote. You want the favor of God? Listen, you already have it. There's nothing you can do. The only thing you can do is respond to him. His Holy Spirit. He said, look, when I leave this place one day, I'm going to come in the form of a baby, but I'm going to leave. And when I leave, I'm going to send a comforter. He's going to be the Holy Spirit. He's going to teach you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to help you. He's going to come alongside of you. The Bible says, lo, I'm with you always. That's for all of us sharp people. Lo, I'm with you. He's with us. He loves you. He cares for you. I'm done. But can I just say this? The Bible says in, in, in John, it says, and you will know the truth. And this is what it says. And the truth will set you free. Say it means the truth will set you free. Religion won't set you free. A denomination won't set you free. But the truth of the word of God, the power of God will set you free. Jesus is the living word. He came in the form of a baby to come to allow us to see that through his innocence, that we become innocent and we say, God, I need your help. I know I can't do it alone. I need you. I'm going to do like I did the first service. I just want to pray with you. Can we just bow our heads? Can I just pray for you this morning? No one looking around. Thank you so much for being here. If you're a visitor, we're so we're so happy that you came, but this is, 
Hopefully this is what you came for, that we could pray right now. And then if you don't know the Lord and you don't feel like you have the favor of God and you just you want that favor, you need that forgiveness. You want to be set free from things that you've allowed to come into your heart and those things that begin to just take control of your life. And you just want freedom in your heart. I want to pray with you this morning. Say, Pastor Bubba, that's me. Would you just... Would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want that freedom. I want, I want to have that freedom that I need, that I know that, that I, want, I believe in the good news, and I need that Savior to save me, to rescue me, to rescue me from myself. I need His grace. Would you pray for me, Pastor Bubba, this morning, that I would receive that? If that's you, no one looking around, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor Bubba. Pray for me. Thank you. You put your hand down. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anyone else? Pastor, would you just pray for me, Pastor? Thank you. You can put it down. Pastor, pray for me. I need, I want the favor of God. I want freedom in my life. No one, thank you. You can put it down. Anyone else? Thank you. You can put it down. Thank you. You can put it down. Anyone else? Pray this prayer out loud with me. Would you please this morning? Say it out loud. We say, Lord Jesus. Come on, you can do better than that. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm not perfect, but I believe that you're the perfect gift. I ask you forgive me for living an imperfect life. I can't do it by myself. I need you to save me. Forgive me for my choices, my decisions that have hurt you and that hurt others around me. Come into my heart. Come on, say it. Come into my heart. Have your way. I want to know you and make you known. Now let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for everyone that prayed that prayer. I pray, God, I thank you the Bible says that the truth will set us free. And I thank you for the, the truth that we declare, we understand the perfect Christmas is knowing you, realizing what you've done. You've come into this imperfect world to rescue us. And Father, this morning, I pray that you would bless people. You would protect people. I pray that you're, you would smile upon them and that you're, you would give grace to every person here. And Lord, may you show, may you show your, power, your favor and give your people peace. Give them peace. Let them receive joy this morning. I pray it in Jesus' name.